0: Uh, so Gareth, if you want to come forward to begin with, that would be superb. Um, you'll see next to me there is a collection of things. Um, so we're going to start, uh, we'll move this out the way. If you can put these on, that would be awesome. Uh, so these are oven gloves, um, and then we've got some chopsticks, and uh, if you have this, and some spaghetti. If you wouldn't mind uh, just eating the spaghetti for me, that's, that's where you're at. Go. For those on the podcast, Gareth is stood with two oven gloves, a chopstick, some raw spaghetti. Uh, No, you can't use your hand. I need you to use the chopstick. Uh, How's that going for you? You could be here a while. Is that good? No. No, silly. Okay, let's change it up. Take the gloves off. That's not fair. Uh, I don't know why I've got three chopsticks, so that this time you have two chopsticks. Uh, So if you have that, if you wear these, Uh, and then if you move back a little bit, we're going to play catch, uh, but you need to catch with the chopsticks. Can't use your hands. Okay. How are you feeling? Okay, we'll start easy. I'm going to go underarm. Just the chopsticks. Oh, okay. Ah, oh, you dropped it. Okay, no, you can try once more because I really need you to drop it because you've ruined literally my entire preach has just gone down the pan. Okay, ready? We'll go higher this time. Let's see how you are. Don't, you're on the edge, so don't step back and fall off, Okay. There we are. We'll pretend that was the first time. Okay, Gary, you can uh, bring those bits back to me. Random round of applause for Gareth. Awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I promise you there is method to the crazy madness behind that. Okay. It makes a a fairly humorous uh, point. makes a, a funny beginning to a service. Uh, But the truth is it's fairly ridiculous to try and uh, catch uh, with chopsticks or wear oven gloves, eat spaghetti that is raw uh, with one chopstick. Would we concur that that is a a foolish uh, attempt, something that doesn't make a huge amount of sense? The problem we have is that we seem to have managed to make life look a lot like this demonstration. We seem to go at things with one chopstick when two would work. We seem to try and do things that don't necessarily fit in to who we are or the situation or whatever it might be that comes together. We manage to wedge things together that weren't ever meant to meet. And the problem with that is... It gets difficult and it gets challenging. And unless you're Gareth, you can't catch with, one, with two chopsticks. But to put a little bit of light into the situation for you, chopsticks are meant for pasta dishes. That's what they're for. You can use them for other dishes, sushi and such like, but they are generally meant for food. Oven gloves tend to work at their best when removing hot food or hot plates from an oven. Sunglasses tend to work at their best when you are outside. The list goes on. We know what these things are and we know how they work. And often we know who we are and we know how we work. Yet we try and put things into different places. We try and force things into situations that don't normally work. So I want to use this formula, this idea that if chopsticks are for eating and spaghetti needs to be cooked and, you know, sports balls are for playing with and all of that stuff, I want to use that formula. If we can all agree that there is a wrong way to do things and a right way to do things. If we can conclude that, that's the formula I want to look at the next three passages in. So June's going to come forward and she's just going to read for us three accounts of the journey that the disciples took with Jesus. So June, if you want to come, thank you.
1: Our reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 22, chapter 5, verses 13 to 16, and chapter 28, 18 to 20. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net on the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, said Jesus and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. You are the salt of the earth. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. Thank you.
0: Let's just pray. Father God, I want to thank you again for your word. God, I want to thank you so much that you sent Jesus. Father God, we depend on the cross. But Father, may we this morning as well just hear the words that he speaks and may we believe them to be true for us. So Father God, would you speak to us clearly? And would we know where it is you are directing us, where it is you are calling us? In your awesome name, amen. We have the call at the beginning. The calling of the disciples, that call to follow. In the middle, we have this reveal, this wonderful, this is who you are. This is who I see you as. And then we conclude with that amazing command. It's a fairly good three-stage strategy that Jesus set up quite early on. The call, the reveal, and the command. Last week, we looked at this idea of the fisherman. These humble characters whom were really, as we looked at the verse, just fishermen. We can't draw anything extra from anything that we read about. And yet, when they heard the call of Jesus to follow them, they dropped everything and followed. That was it. That's all we could conclude is they were fishermen. And when they heard the call of Jesus, they dropped everything and followed Therefore, the entirety of qualifications you need to follow Jesus is to hear his call and follow. That's the entirety of the pre-qualification you need to come to Jesus. I adore that. I'm, I'm more wrapped up in that than I realized. Because for me, that's an amazing snapshot of the gospel. It is all about what Jesus is doing. But somehow, some, for some reason, beyond my understanding, he invites us to be a part of it. A snapshot of the gospel, everything that Jesus is doing, and yet this amazing invitation for us to be a part of it. And that lays the foundation for us this week. Lays the foundation of who we are and what we do. So therefore I want to ask the question, so what? So what? Cool. Jesus was walking and he invited them to follow. He invites us to follow. what comes after that? In that second reading, we heard this. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall, it be, um, shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under, bas- under a basket. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. We should just stop there. And be blown away. Jesus is speaking and saying, You, he's not talking about me at this point. He's not internalizing and telling everyone, Look at who I am. He is saying, You are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. The problem we have is that we can dismiss things like this. So I want us to back up a tiny bit. We're just going to go back pre the statement that you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, to Matthew five one that reads this. Now, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach. I wonder if you've ever questioned who is Jesus talking to when he says you a salt, you a light. How often do we dismiss the audience that is before Jesus and we hear the words and we read them and we know the verse, like, off by heart. But do we consider who the original hearers were? The challenge is that this opening, this... Uh, this description of where Jesus is wasn't just because people that were going to put the Bible into a book form really needed some chapter headings and we could do with Jesus giving us reference points. So the Sermon on the Mount, good, he's on a mountain, perfect. That is not why this is in there. It's in there because it tells us the distinct factor of the people who heard Jesus say to them, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, were people that followed Jesus. That's it. That's it. Yes, the twelve gathered closer, but don't miss the fact Jesus addresses the crowd. What's the distinctive feature of the crowd? They followed Jesus up a mountainside. They were followers. They had followed Jesus. You know me well enough to know that I love to bang on about the fact that Jesus doesn't just address, you know, the the religious authorities and he just doesn't address those who have like high end jobs. Well, actually, here I need to say he doesn't just address like the families and the stay at home mums and the people that do sports coaching and teachers. The problem we have here is he's not just addressing everybody, uh, anybody. He is addressing everybody. Blanket statement at the start You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Who? Everyone that's hearing him. Distinctive factor we can conclude about them, they followed. Therefore, the thing we can conclude is there were those that didn't follow. There were those going about their daily business. I don't know if you're like me, but if I see a crowd of people, I'm curious. I start to wonder what it is. I can be quite easily drawn by a crowd, but here we conclude that there are those who follow and those who don't. And those who followed, and please hear the, the, just the wonder of what Jesus says to people that follow him. Matthew 13, you are the salt of the earth. Matthew 14, you are the light of the world. In those two verses, Jesus says to people that follow him, They're your truths. They're your truths. Jesus isn't including a few, excluding a few. There's like a whole discipleship journey thing that people can bang on about. But we take this at the rawest of its content. Jesus is saying, you. And if we believe that for then, if we look back to the kind of biblical historical thing that's going on then, and we believe that Jesus is still speaking to us today, you need to hear this truth. You are the salt of the earth. You, individually, I'm not talking generally, I can look at most of you, my peripheral vision's not great, but you sat before me are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Jesus is speaking to a collection of people whose uniting factor is the fact that they followed It's interesting, and just to kind of dispel anyone's curiosity, we're gathered here today as a gathered church in the knowledge that if you follow Jesus, then he's saying to you, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. Therefore, there may be people here that don't yet follow Jesus. They gather, but they don't follow him personally. But those of you who know, those of you who are in relationship with Jesus... He is telling you, if you follow me, if you follow me, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. When you go into a situation with me in you, you enrich it. That's what salt does. You enrich the place you are. I don't know how many of you rock up to work on a Monday looking like the last place you want to be is there. But you have the authority in Jesus to walk into that place and go, you know what? Me being here makes your lives better. Why? Jesus said so. I don't know if you've considered it, but your life is like when you turn on a torch in pitch black. Your life will puncture darkness. I do not know how torches work. I know that they make light. I'm not completely done to torches i don't understand how it works what i do know is if i press that button darkness suddenly is broken by light jesus tells you you know what the darkest places in this world if you enter them you are puncturing them with light why because you are the soul of the earth you are the light of the world we read these we know this verse some of us will have it in wonderful pictures on walls but the truth is he's talking to you why Because when Jesus first said this, he said it to people that followed him. No qualifications were needed. He didn't single people out. You're going to be a great public speaker. You can be salt. You are really caring. And you're gentle. You can be light. He doesn't break it up. He simply says, follow me. Therefore, you are salt and you are light. I love that. I love that. Follow. Follow him be salt, and be light. The amazing truth that we can simply follow Jesus, not because we deserve it, but because he invites us to. Not because we earned it, but because he invites us to. And the wonderful thing is that by following him, somehow with his spirit working within us, we become this amazing saltiness to a bland world. We become light in the darkest of places. It's nice, right? We can conclude this pretty nice. Cool. Thanks, Jesus. You know what? We could stop now. We could all go home, get a really nice cup of tea. We could kutch up on the sofa and sit there going, you know what? I am salt and I am light. This is good. Tim was good this morning. He told me good stuff about me. The problem we have is this. It doesn't stop there because chopsticks are only good if there is food before you. The problem with being salt and light is it is useless in a place that is full of salt and it is useless in a place full of light. So please hear me. We are gathered church. As I spoke last week, it is crucial we are gathered church. But chopsticks are only good if there is food before you. Otherwise, you are just stood holding chopsticks. And unless you're Gareth, they are not good for catching. A game of catch works when there's someone or something to throw the ball back. Sunglasses rely upon the sun. Oven gloves need something hot to protect you from. Being salt and light alone is not simply enough. So I just want to repeat the warnings that Jesus gives before we move on. With that in mind, you are salt and you are light, but Jesus does not, leave it there if a salt has lost its taste how shall its saltiness be restored it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out a city on a hill cannot be hidden nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket you see the problem is being salt and light is not simply enough on its own it is a true statement of you i say that with confidence because jesus said it but being salt and light is not enough on its own. Why? Because the last thing that we have in the Gospel of Matthew is this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus speaking. Therefore, go. Talking to his followers. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you to the very end of the age you see it's not simply enough to be salt and light because Jesus doesn't finish with salt and light Jesus just doesn't say to us be church be salt and light. Stay amongst each other because like being salt on your own is hard. Stay together. It's comfy. He doesn't say there is a lot of darkness and your light, whilst really good, isn't like the biggest light. So stay with other light. That's where you're at your best. That's not what he says. That's not what he says. I believe he tells us that we can come as we are before him. We can come as we are before him. And through salvation, we become the salt and light of God on earth. Through salvation, we become the salt and light of God on earth. And now we begin to realize what we have to do with that. Go. Go. What do we do with everything Jesus has given to us? Well, we could be those people that just sit here and go, cool. Cool. Jesus has been good to me. My life is good. Or we could be the people that hear this command, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Go. Jesus called them. And I don't know if you ever picked up on this, but Jesus tells them at the very beginning what their new job description is. You are going to be fishermen of men. And at the very end, he just reminds them, different wording, they're a bit more educated now, Different wording, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Translation, go be fishermen of men and women. Go. Sat here today, we have the same truth that we see in those three passages. We have the same truth. An eclectic mix of people from different walks of life and different stages together gathered. Those of us who have accepted Jesus are saved by the work that he did on the cross and therefore we are left with a challenge because Jesus calls us to go. To go and make disciples, to be salt and light, be richness and flavor to the lives of those around us, to shine light in the darkness of people's lives and the areas of injustice. Too often i am being guilty of this. We read this as an observer. We pick a page and we read what it says and we go, you know, I am sat here observing a situation that's happened. Which works with a whole lot of textbooks. But when we get to passages, and for those of you who have a Bible, I encourage you, just open it. Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verses 18. If you're like me, you would have gone out and purchased a red letter Bible. Why? Because I love it when Jesus talks. But these words are in red. This is Jesus talking. And I can conclude from everything that we've studied here and everything I've read before that when Jesus talks to his disciples, I fall into that category. I'm confident that my life is the life of one who follows Jesus. So he's speaking to me when he says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Therefore, go. This is not a passage to be read as an observer going, my gosh, I am glad Jesus is talking to them and not me because I am really very comfy. Jesus saying to each of us, go. Go. We have three passages. And in them, I believe God is speaking to you. Because I know for me, he spoke to me. He's speaking to you. You are accepted because of the cross of Jesus. That is an amazing truth. And you are with the spirit in you, salt and light. That is a terrifying truth. Like we could spend a couple of months studying the implications of the spirit of God being within me and therefore me becoming salt and light in this world. Like I'm gonna do some serious damage to some bad guys. Like, you know, I am a good guy and God is with me and I could change people's lives and I could break through injustice if I accepted that truth that I'm salt and light. And that truth comes with this call go. You. Each of you. This is truly amazing because this is our God-given purpose to be on this earth as his followers laid out in the words of Jesus. This is what it's about. It's about relationship with God and that relationship somehow sparking something within us that therefore sends us to go and make a difference to the lives around us. But I want us just to build something. I'm going to conclude shortly, but I just want to build something that I've been journeying. This is nothing more than an expression of a personal journey I've been on. And some of you who have been with us for the last couple of weeks will hear just bits of preachers coming through this. But you were fearfully and wonderfully made, knitted together by God, you. You are no mistake. There is not a short falling in the way that God put you together. You are made because he made you as you are. Your failures, your mistakes, your flaws and the faults that you have maybe acquired over the ages do not disqualify you from the grace of God. They do not disqualify you from the grace of God. Your skills, your achievements, the certificates that you have hanging on the walls, the gold medals you may have acquired do not gain you extra grace with God. The call of God on your life demands a response. The call of God on your life demands a response. That original response involves following Jesus. And when we follow him, and through the saving grace of the cross and the work of the Holy Spirit, we become salt and light. And then with all of that behind us, And I'm hoping you're picking up the picture that I'm painting with our successes and our failures, with the wisdom that we had nothing to bring of ourselves, with everything that's gone on, everything that's made us who we are, to the point where we start to follow Jesus. And he says, you know what, I forgive you for all of that, but I'm not getting rid of it. I forgive you for it. It's done. But it's made you who you are. Now I'm selling you to go. That person. You go. Go. People fearfully and wonderfully made by a creator God, broken, weak, and flawed, successful, happy, and have it all together. We get to share what God has done for us with others. We get to reveal what God has done for us, and we can open up to them the invitation and the call that He has for them. And then that cycle continues because then God does something in their life, and they start to follow and they get to be salt and light, and then they bring salt and light to the situation they are in. And suddenly we begin to see how on earth Christianity has endured through the years and how it will be good news for the generations to come. But it depends on us being salt and light. So at the very beginning we had chopsticks and a sports ball, food and gloves. Each of these things was designed for a specific purpose. Each one of them, when they were made, was made with the mindset, this will be thrown, this will be eaten, these will be used to eat things. They were designed with a purpose. They can be used in other places, but it's not the best fit. They can be used in other places, but it's not the best fit. If it wasn't for the fact that I'm wearing a clip mic, uh, this would be one of those moments modern generations would describe as a mic drop. What I'm about to say, the moment where what I say means that I could just walk off stage and all of you should be left going, oh my gosh, that's amazing. (laughs) But we're going to try it without dropping the mic because the last time I did that I broke it at Hill House and they still haven't forgiven me. Let's conclude this. If chopsticks were made for a purpose to be used in their natural environment, if chopsticks were made for a purpose, to be used in their natural environment, how much more were you made with a purpose for your natural environment? How much more were you made for a purpose in your natural environment? Just consider that truth. If someone could labor enough to put some crazy dragons on chopsticks, how much more did God make you for the environment that you are in with the purpose that he has on your life? Where you are going tomorrow, where you are going tomorrow, just have a quick think. Some of your calendars aren't as organized as Pastor Mark's. But where you are going tomorrow, guess what? That's where God wants you to be salt and light. God already knows your diary. God knows what you're doing tomorrow. In fact, he knows the things you don't know you're doing tomorrow. But he wants you to be salt and light there. That's where he's calling you. Because it's not my job to be salt and light in your place. In fact, for most of you, you work in, well, some of you, I don't even know where you work, but some of you work in places that I wouldn't be allowed to come into because I'm not qualified enough. I've not scrubbed in. I don't know how to do those procedures. So they won't let me in. So I can't be salt and light there, which concludes one thing. God is putting you where you are going tomorrow. Why? To be salt and light in that place. Your natural environment where you function is exactly where God wants to use you. Pastor Mark is very good at a lot of things. But you would not trust him to cut your hair. You would go to a hairdresser. I don't know why we've decided to take that very simple formula and change it for other areas of our life. You are salt and light. Therefore, go and be salt and light where you are. Pastor Mark is called to be a pastor. Be salt and light there. Awesome. Catherine's called to be a teacher. Go and be salt and light there. I could go on and on and on. You see, you are not where you're not meant to be. God might be in the transition of moving you. Cool. But you are where God has placed you. Why? To be salt and light. Stop second-guessing. Stop worrying somehow you've missed your calling. Where you are right now, where you are going tomorrow, the people you're having lunch with today, have you considered maybe they are sat there in darkness and God's going, you, go and be some light. Go and be light. You are the best fit for where you are. God has called you to share his good news in those places. Just consider this as we close. God knew it when he knitted you together. God knew it when he knitted you together. And Jesus knew it when he called you. He knew it when he called you. That you are the salt and the light that the world needs. So I challenge you, do not hide it. Do not lose the saltiness of who you are. And I want to close with this encouragement. God can use you. God can use you. Flawed and failed, successful and intelligent, wherever you fit. God can use you. God will, if you let him, use you. He will, if you let him, use you. Hear this truth, you, individually, you, will make disciples. Salvation comes through God, not questioning that. But Jesus' command on our lives is to go and make disciples. If you allow God to use you, you will go and make disciples. People will come into relationship with Jesus because of the introduction that you made. Because Jesus has told you this morning, and for some of you, you've read this numerous times throughout your life. You are salt and light. You. Jesus tells us, if we sow it, we will reap it. Follow me and I'll make you fishermen of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Later on he says to them, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. And he closes with that amazing command, go therefore and make disciples. So as much as I would love you to spend the afternoon cutched up with a cup of tea, being incredibly grateful for everything God's done for you and thinking, you know what, I am salt and light. This is a good day. I challenge you, what are you going to do with it? Because every single one of you is where God needs you to be.